Exodus chapter 2, verse 1 reads, And a man of the house of Levi went and took as wife a daughter of Levi. So the woman conceived and bore a son. And when she saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him for three months. But when she could no longer hide him, she took an ark of bulrushes for him and dabbed it with asphalt and pitch and put the child in it and laid it in the reeds by the river bank. This morning, I want to talk to you about your destiny, about your purpose. I, I want you to understand before you leave here this morning that God has ordained a destiny over you, that God has given you a purpose. If you agree with that, will you just say amen with me this morning? If you are alive this morning, God is not finished with you. Whatever God has for you, it is for you. God does not lie. If he, if he has said that it is yours, it is yours. Amen? If he has promised you something in your life, do not worry. Keep living according to his word and you shall see it. His promises, his words, they do not return void or empty, but it is full. And if you live according to the word, his promises, you shall see it. Amen. If he has told you that you shall see it, remain confident that you shall see it in your life. Today's word uh, passage this morning is about a man named Moses. And it says that when his mother saw that he was a beautiful child, she hid him. When Moses' mother uh, uh, gave birth to him, as soon as he arrived on earth, as soon as he took his first breath, not only did he have, not only did he start a life, but he also was born into a life of trouble. Pharaoh had given orders at this time for all of the Hebrew babies to be thrown into the river. He wanted to kill all babies. So from his first breath, he had a death sentence that was weighing on him. But he could not die at that moment. He could not die in the river because God had a purpose for him. And there was destiny in his life. I want you to get this today that if the devil could kill you, he, you would already be dead. The truth is, there's still destiny for you to fulfill. If the devil wanted to kill you, you, if he could kill you, you would already be dead. There's destiny in you. If the devil wanted to destroy your family, he would have already done it. But there's too much destiny in your house for him to do that. And Moses' destiny was so great that even a national genocide could not kill him. Pharaoh was bloodthirsty. He could not stand competition. He didn't want anyone bigger or better than himself. He felt threatened. And the 
as he was watching the Israelite nation. He was watching blessings down from heaven. He was watching favor as it covered them and it caused them to grow. Oddly enough, despite the death mandate, when he was demanding people to die, isn't it crazy that Israel was actually multiplying in the middle of an extreme persecution? Exodus chapter 1 verse 12, just jot it down. It says, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. There is no doubt that there are people in this room today. You've had a rough week. You've got a report. You've, 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 you, you may have been in a season. It may not have been a week. It may have been a year, just a season of distress where the enemy is just tormenting you. He keeps you up at night. He whispers in your ear. He keeps anxiety just fresh in your mind. He causes turmoil in your home. He causes frustration in your marriage and on the job. But I want you to understand this today, that blessings and favor can and will be found in the middle of an attack. I said blessings and favor can still be found in the middle of an attack. And when I was reading through the 100 days that we did at the first 100 days of this year, I made a note on this very scripture today. And I wrote, in 2022, my afflictions will not kill me, but they will lead to multiplication. I said, my afflictions will not kill me, but they will lead to more of what the devil cannot stand in me. My afflictions will lead to growth. Amen. And whenever you get this, when things aren't going your way, guess what? I'm still going to be blessed. Amen. When things don't look like I thought they would look, guess what? I can still be blessed. When somebody leaves my side, guess what? I can still be blessed. I may be single, but guess what? I can still be blessed. I may be married, but guess what? I can still be blessed. I may have lost my job, but guess what? The Lord is still fighting for me, and I can be blessed. Why? Because this may be a chapter in my life, but it's not going to be my story because my story is a story that says I am a child of God. My story is one of victory. My story is one where I am more than a conqueror. Amen. My story is one of multiplication. The verse continues and said, but the more they afflicted them, the more they multiplied and grew. And they, the Egyptians, were in dread of the children of Israel. I read that uh, this week in my, uh, in my office, and I just said, praise the Lord, because I don't know about you, but for the remainder of this year, how many ever months remaining in this year, I don't know about you, but I want to make it my goal to make my enemies dread me. The rest of this year, I hope when they see my ugly little face, they get so mad when they see my bald head. I hope whenever I'm singing, they cannot stand my voice. I I don't know about you, but whenever I walk into a room full of demons, I want demons to be scared this year. Whenever I'm praying, whenever I'm worshiping, I want the devil to dread that I am calling on the name of the Lord. Whenever we get together on a Sunday morning and we're lifting up the name of Jesus together as one body of believers in unity, I, I don't know about you, but I want the sound of our worship to get on the devil devil's last nerve. I wanted to get invade his territory this morning. Anybody with me today? 
What if the attack that you are currently in is because the devil knows that you are on the brink of destiny being fulfilled in your life? What if this current season and trial has been launched against you because there's about to be a promise come to pass in your life? Don't ever let your attack make you feel like you're not blessed. Don't ever let your attack make you think that you've been forgotten. Don't ever let your attack make you think that there's nothing left in your destiny. Why? Because the devil is a liar. If the devil isn't all-knowing, if the devil isn't all-powerful, then how in the world does he know your destiny? How does he know you've got greatness waiting on you? And I was asking myself this very question this week. And I come to the realization, and I want you to understand, that the devil was once in heaven. You've got to understand that Satan knows a thing or two about God that we don't even know. You've got to understand that he has seen him face to face. He has seen the layout of heaven. He has, he, he has seen the streets. He's seen the mansion. He has been in the courts with the Lord. And you've, the church has got to understand that while he was in heaven, he understands that before the foundations of the world, God knew you. Get this in your head. He understands that before the foundations of the world, how does he know it? Because he was in heaven and God was speaking your name. He was calling your purpose. He was saying, I love that child of mine. That child shall be a child of mine. That is my daughter. That is my son. And he was calling gifts to come forward. He was calling talents to come forward. He was calling your purpose and your destiny. And while Satan was in heaven, he was a great musician. God was calling your name. And guess what? Satan starts to get jealous of the worship happening in heaven. And while he's directing, he's listening. What did you say about Chase Holsenbach? What? Did you, do, do you, can you see the picture that he's in heaven and he hears God calling out your purpose before earth was ever formed? The Bible says this, but before the foundation of God knew you and he was calling you and he was setting you forth. Even in your, before you were in your mother's womb, he knew you and he was calling you. He was giving you destiny. He was calling your purpose. He was calling your gifts forward. And while Satan was in heaven, God is calling out your name. And while Satan was getting jealous of the worship that God was receiving, he could not stand it that God was forming you to be another worshiper what we don't need another one of them you ever seen a bad choir director you ever seen an ugly worship I was talking to somebody this week they got resting worship face they didn't look mad and ugly while they worshiping if you ever up here and you see the people you just gotta you gotta cause your eyes to bounce right over them you ain't still in my worship 
Come on, look at your neighbor and say, your face ain't still in my worship today. Your face ain't still in my worship. He could not stand it. He's got that resting worship face on up in heaven. I can't believe they're doing another one. How dare you create a worshiper? We don't need another preacher. We don't need another singer. We don't need anybody who, who's going to call on the name of the Lord. And God was calling out your destiny. Get this. The devil knows more about your future than you do. Don't be surprised when you are simply in the middle of attack because of your destiny. Don't be caught off guard when you are in a season of attack, not because of what you've done, but because of what you're going to do. Your destiny is greater than the devil's threats. Don't be overwhelmed by his threats. Don't give up in the middle of his threats because as time marches on, you've got to understand that threats against the church will continue to increase. Threats against the bride of Christ. Threats against those people who believe and call on his name. They will begin to increase. But you've got to remember that he cannot touch you. And whenever he can't touch you, he will open up his mouth and threaten you. What he can't destroy, he'll threaten. You ever heard him whisper in your ear? It was a threat. Why? Because he knows he cannot destroy you. He will open up his mouth and threaten your home. He will open up his mouth and threaten your health. He will open up his mouth and threaten your job. He will open up his mouth and threaten your children. He will open up his mouth and threaten your nation and your city and your church. What the devil cannot destroy, he will always threaten. But guess what? If you are saved today, and you've been washed in the blood of the Lamb, all the devil has against you is a threat. The devil's all mouth. Don't you love those people? They just run their mouth. I mean, they, they, they just all mouth. Mouth of the south. You say boo and they take off running. All they are is mouth. That is exactly what the devil is doing to the church in this hour. He's running his mouth to the church, and the church is believing his lies. Moses should have never lived. He should have been thrown into the water. He should have been uh, murdered as a child. But the word says that when his mother saw he was a beautiful child. Have you ever seen a baby that the mother thought they were beautiful, but you didn't? It's so pretty. <laughs> Woo. Mama looked at that baby and said it was beautiful. King James Version says, I love it. It says, when she saw he was a goodly child. Don't you wish you could call your child goodly? <laughs> What's it take these days to get a goodly child? The word goodly means excellent, admirable valuable. His mother looked at him and said, I don't know, there's, there's something special about this child. There is a value in this child that is unique. This child is different than any other child I've ever seen. He is goodly. In other words, she saw something in him that he could not see in himself at the moment. 
Aren't you so glad when God puts people in your path that can see your potential when you can't see your own potential? Aren't you so glad that God will put godly men and women in your path that can look at you and say, I don't know what it is, but I see something in you, and it's something special. There's something goodly. I can see value in you. When you feel like you have nothing to offer, guess what? You'll never be able to reach your destiny by yourself. You need somebody speaking into you. That's why you need the church. That's just another reason why the devil has lied and tricked Americans why you should not go to church. Why? Because he don't want you to get into a house like this and somebody walks up to you and you've had a horrible week and they look at you and say, I don't know what it is, but I just see something. I just see a value in you. I don't know what it is, but I see goodness coming out of you. I don't know what it is. I don't know. What it is. He can't stand it. He wants nobody to point out the goodliness inside of you. And I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that the church is part of my destiny. I don't know about you, but I'm so glad that I'm in the church. I'm so glad that well, I'm so glad that you are, get this, you are here to help me to my destiny. That's the importance of the church in this hour. You are here. Look at your neighbor and encourage them today. Look at them. Say, you may not know, but just look at them. Say, you look goodly today. Come on, say, I can see it in you. Come on, tell somebody. Look at somebody. Say, you just look like the Lord is on your side today. Look at somebody. Say, you just look like victory is coming. You look like a new joy is coming. You just look like you, you look like a conqueror. You look victorious today. You just look like something good's about to happen to you. You just look like your kids are about to get saved. You just look like you're about to be healed. You just look like you're about to be delivered. You just look like chains are about to be broken off of your household. You just look goodly today. There's just something about you. She looked at him and said, that child is so beautiful. She saw he was goodly. But he still had a problem. Why? Because bad things happen to goodly people. Pharaoh was trying to kill him. Pharaoh was still after him. The leaders of the land wanted this baby dead, but Moses had something going for him. And what it was is his potential was greater than the problem. I said his potential was greater than his problem. His promises were greater than the problem. His destiny was greater than his dilemma. And I just want to remind you, the church today, that the same is for you this morning. Not only do we see the goodliness inside of you, but I just want to remind you that your promise is greater than your problem, amen, and your destiny is greater than your dilemma, and God will never leave you, and God will never forsake you. The devil cannot stand a redeemed past, but he hates a victorious future. He can't stand it when somebody gets redeemed, but he hates it. When you've got a victorious future ahead of you. I told first service, don't trip on what the devil lays in front of you. Look at your neighbor and say, stop tripping. Some of you have been listening to pop rap music, I can tell. 90s version. 
We got 90 babies up in here. Uh, calm down. Can't get them to worship. They listen to Ja Rule and all that stuff up in here. Them 90s babies. Stop tripping. The modern term tripping can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. Just depends on where you grew up. Depends on what tripping really means. But I want to get to a tripping definition because one of the definitions of tripping means when you're tripping out on a substance. You got high. You got so full of it, you don't even know your name. You're tripping out. It's when somebody takes so much of a drug that they become delusional. They don't know where they are. They don't know who they are. They've lost reality. And you've got to stop tripping out on Satan's attacks. When, you trip, when you're tripping out on Satan, that's when you take so much of his lies inside of you. It becomes like a drug. You take in so much of turmoil inside of you. You take so much CNN and Fox and NBC, and you can't even think clearly anymore. Your focus turns from your destiny, and now it's turned to your destiny killer. You take in as much of the attacks, much of the lies, much of his threats as possible, and you start to become spiritually delusional. You start seeing crazy things, hearing crazy things. You don't, you've lost your identity. You start, you see a little anthill and all of a sudden your little anthill turns into a mountain. Anybody ever been there? You start seeing a little bump in the road and you think, oh gosh, it's a complete life detour. You start seeing the littlest thing and the devil will lie to you and you will make it out to be something great because you've taken in so much of his lies. Now you are delusional and you don't know who you are. You don't know reality. And you start to, you even start to see people that God has put in your path to help you as your enemy. You become delusional. Your, you, your mind is not functioning at full capacity. Your vision is blurred. You can't even praise him because your speech is all blurred too. And it's people that are in this state of spiritual delusion. Those are the people that's tripping with Satan. Those are the people that's tripping on what the devil has laid before them. And these are the people that will step away from their destiny. The word says that for three months, his mother hid him. Can you imagine trying to hide a baby for three months? God had a plan for him. He, he, he had a way of escape for him. If the Lord will let you into it, he will bring you out of it. If the Lord will let you get to it, he will bring you through it. That's just the kind. Why? Because our God is a deliverer. I said our God is a deliverer. I said our God is still a deliverer. The demon-possessed people are not the only people that need deliverance. 
You can be saved, and guess what? There will be seasons in life where you need the Lord to stand up and put his hand in front of Satan's face and say, no, 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 you can't go any further with this child. This is my child. That's my son. That's my daughter. Get your hands off of him, and he will reach down and pull you up out of a season and put you in a solid rock somewhere. That, my friend, is deliverance. Extraordinary destiny will lead to extraordinary attacks. You better not be praying for more unless you're ready for an attack. (laughs) You better not be praying you can preach one day unless you're ready for an attack. You better not be praying for God to give you more gifts unless you are ready for attacks. Extraordinary destiny will lead to extraordinary attacks and extraordinary attacks will lead to extraordinary deliverance. Destiny does not come without attacks. More of the Lord doesn't come without an attack. Depth in your relationship with the Lord, it does not come without attacks. Spiritual gifts, oil being poured on you, does not come without attacks. And get this, we've started expecting attacks and doubting deliverance. Anybody one of those people? Bad news bear? Worry Wanda? Debbie Downer, Wendy the Whiner. I'm trying to think of some more. If that's your name, I'm sorry. I wasn't talking about you. Anybody know those people where it's like nothing good can happen? And it's like you're walking around expecting to be struck by a meteor. You're walking around waiting for something to fall on you. You're you're scared to death. And you're walking around, and you're like, I don't know. I don't know. What was that? Oh, gosh. Am I about to die? What was that? Oh, my gosh. And, you, and I hear you are. You've, you, you, you've just worried yourself into this hole. You've worried yourself into this delusion. And you've got to the place where now you are expecting attacks, and you are doubting that God can even pull you out. We've, we've, got, our, we've got more faith in the attacker than we do the deliverer. We've got more faith in the one who is whispering than the one who wrote the word himself. We got, we got, we, we got more faith. You are, you are expecting attacks and doubting deliverance. Your expectations are in the wrong place. And sometimes the church, we can get in this same mindset where our expectations get in the wrong place. But you need to start expecting God to come through. I said, you need to start expecting. If I'm in it, God's going to bring me through it. If he got me to it, I'm getting out of this place. Why? you got to start expecting. He's my deliverer. Tell your neighbor he's going to work it out for you. David understood what it feels like when your destiny is under an attack. Jot this down, Psalms 116, verse 8 through 9. David wrote, For you have delivered my soul from death. You delivered my soul from death. You delivered my eyes from tears, Lord. And you delivered my feet from falling. He said, I'm not tripping anymore. 
I'm not falling over anything that the devil has put in my path to destroy me. I don't care. I can see the devil's plan coming a mile away. I'm not going to trip over it. I'm not going to cry over it. I'm not going to die over it. He said, you've delivered me from this, and I will walk before the Lord in the land of the living. He said, guess what? You have delivered my soul from death. You've delivered my eyes from tears and my feet from falling. Band, you can help me out. He said, you've delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. It's like I told first service. This is one of those verses you need printed somewhere on your mirror, and you need to read this every day. If the devil has been all up in you, threatening you and lying to you, you need to say these words. Come on, I want you to repeat after me. Say, for you delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. Come on, I want you to say it again. For you delivered my soul from death, my eyes from tears, and my feet from falling. I want you to say this over your house. Say, Lord, you delivered my soul from death. I'm not dying this year, Lord. I'm not going anywhere. Why? I got destiny. I want you to say, you delivered my eyes from tears. Come on, you've cried and you've cried and you've cried. And the Lord is saying, I'm bringing you out of that sorrow. And you delivered, say, my feet from falling. Say, my feet from falling. Lord, no, he said, I will walk before the Lord into the land of the living. Say it with me. I will walk before the Lord. Say it again. I will walk before the Lord. In other words, he was saying, I'm not going to trip anymore. I'm not going to stumble anymore. I'm not going to fall anymore. No, I'm going to walk in the land of the living. Why? Because this last year, these last two years, I've been walking in the land of the dead. But guess what? He is picking me up out of the land of the dead. And he's causing me to walk into my future. I'm walking into my destiny, church. I said, I'm walking among the living. I'm tired of being among the dead, but he's moving me and he's bringing me out and promises are coming my way. I said promises are coming my way. Destiny will be fulfilled before me. I don't know about you, but that makes me excited today, church, just to think his promises are coming my way. His destiny will be fulfilled in my life. Can somebody praise the Lord with me this morning? Come on, stand upon your feet today. His promises are coming to pass. His miracles I shall see. How are you handling the attacks? Are you learning or are you growing bitter? Because you can get so bitter when you look around and you're like, she's living a life where she should be attacked. I'm over here trying to serve the Lord and the devil attacking me. You can get so bitter in the middle of attacks. You can get so bitter, but if you look at Moses' life, look at what he did. You can, you, you can start to see him catching it 
learning from it. If you remember, he was standing at the burning bush and he was told, take your shoes off. And the Lord speaks from the bush and says, I am. And he gave him an assignment. He said, you are to lead my people out of bondage. If you look at the name Moses, it means to be brought out. All of his life, he was being brought out. He was brought out from his mother. He was brought out from the river. He was brought out into Pharaoh's house. He was brought out into the desert. He was in the desert and brought out into Egypt to deliver God's people. And it's like somewhere in the middle of it all, in the middle of the trial, in the middle, in the middle of the lies, he catches the revelation of his name. He catches, that's my destiny. I've been brought out so I can bring somebody else out with me. He said, God did not bring me out just so I can dance. God didn't bring me out just so I can tell my story. But God brought me out to bring other people out with me. Come on, church. The church, you got to get this in your mind. When God brings you out, don't come out by yourself this year. When God delivers you, no, you're, you're bringing somebody with you this year. Come on, somebody. If God brought you out, bring somebody out with you. You may see it as an attack, but just like Moses, it's in a journey to get you to your destiny. It's a journey. You may see it as an attack, but God is just molding you into a leader. God is just molding you into a part of the army. God is just molding you into it, and the devil can't stand it. You were once afraid of Satan, but now Satan is afraid of you. Come on, I want you to say that. Say, I was once afraid of Satan. Come on, say it. But now Satan is afraid of me. Come on, I want you to meet it. Now Satan is afraid of me because I know there's a destiny waiting on me. I know there's promises about to be fulfilled. Come on, I want you to sing it out this morning.